The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. See, that's that's what happens when I have to mute all of you before we uh, get started here. <laughs> I say quiet on the set and everyone makes more noise. Oh, oh this is going to be fun. Well, welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast. Seasons greetings to one and all. Uh, here you found us on the Belmont Media Podcast Network found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. As you know, I am Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, which is available on BMC Channels 9 and 29, and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Now, to complete our first trilogy here on the TOST Toddcast, I am pleased to be joined for the third time by the uh, former hosts of Through the Lens, Matt Gandolfo and Mike Higgins. Gentlemen, hello. Season's greetings, all. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I, I fell asleep during that 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 I love me introduction from Todd. Oh boy! <laughs> wow, let the games begin. <laughs> like like Mike uh, has, like Mike has never done one of those on his show, uh, not through the lens through the years. Never. I you know I seem oh, to I remember you going on a diatribe about uh, wanting a a statue and a name name a room named after you something like that. Oh yeah, no, I, that, oh. that 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 is all going to happen and. I do want to say that, uh, unlike what was said at the beginning, everything expressed in this in this podcast will be the opinion of the town of Belmont. So this is the official <laughs> town opinion. Todd told me that. <laughs> that would be you write to your selectmen, then to Todd. That would be wrong, but you know what? In order to make this a, a true through the lens uh, Toddcast edition here, number three, I have uh, gone. I've uh, furiously dug through the uh, internet files to to find uh, one of the many TTL uh, theme songs so uh, so here we go quick to our listening audience out there can they name that tune I can name that tune in two notes thank you baby well, Mike can't even hear the, the funny part is Mike can't even hear the song, but uh, yes. because it's... I, uh, I, I can feel the vibe, and because it is it is the song of my teenage angst, my years in Belmont, it is the psych fur singing, the seminal song, Pretty in Pink, from the movie starring that 80s shut hottie that just didn't, didn't hold up well, uh, Molly Ringwald, and um, James Spader, and Ducky who ended up being the half-man and two-and-a-half-men. <laughs> I think he was actually the second Eddie man. Eddie Potts, who was the best part of Young Sheldon, but we'll go on from that. Who, what, what? I, I missed that last part. What? And, and Annie Potts, who was the best part of the CBS show Young Sheldon. Annie Potts was in uh, pr- uh, Pretty in Pink? Oh. She absolutely was. Wow, That's when okay. she was incredibly hot. Wow. <laughs> I thought she was pretty hot on designing women. I may or may not have a little crush on I thought she was pretty hot on designing women, but... <laughs> Oh no! You gotta watch Pretty Things. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah, I was just Matt and I were discussing beforehand, and uh, I had not. Uh, I don't think I've actually seen. I've seen bits of it, but oh, not the if you whole want thing. a movie to scream 1980s? Watch Pretty in Pink. Well, at least you guys had a movie uh, soundtrack or a movie title for uh, you know your song. I mean, if you're going to steal something for Through the Lens, I mean, why not a uh, yeah. song from a movie soundtrack? Yeah, why not? Yeah, and I think that was the that was the reason behind it too. So. In no way it wasn't just because that was the first movie CD I could put my hands on. <laughs> right, that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. No. Uh, well, you know, I, I thought one of the reasons we could get together is because here in 2018, this appears to be the only time that uh, any of us uh, can uh, can get together. So I, I do the, the that's the whole purpose now of the, uh, the T- TTL uh, reunion podcast here is uh, so we can all uh, get together. I mean, we used to do a show every uh, December and... Uh, you know, then, uh, you know, go out afterwards and uh, imbibe or whatever. I'm trying to keep it clean here for our uh, for some of our podcast listeners. I know right. there's no rules, though, in the podcast universe, right? You can We can pretty much say and do whatever we want. Pretty much, Within yeah. reason. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You wanted to say we imbibe after the Toddcast? Excuse me? What? You said, you said we're going to imbibe after the Toddcast? No, no, I was talking about when we used to get together in the past. Oh. Okay, no, no. So, so the rules are different now that we're doing a podcast, correct? No, the rules are different no, because you're up in Maine. To yeah. just how we used to all try to get together for the holidays. Yeah, with our uh, significant others and. But you're like, like hundreds that. of miles away now, and uh, up, uh, you know, yeah. outpost Maine there. So, so in other words, I started the party during the podcast. <laughs> right, <laughs> something like that. Well, you know. Part of the reason, of course, we were doing another reunion. It's an excuse for all of us to get together and talk and have a little fun, uh, but also maybe talk about movies because that's what the original Through the Lens show was all about. So, how about uh, some movie talk? Of course, uh, come to find out, none of us have really seen. Well, I guess Mike's seen something recently. Matt has not. No, no, you have not seen nothing. Not uh, I I saw Bohemian Rhapsody almost a month ago. I thought that was good. If you're a fan of Queen, I highly recommend the movie and. Uh, some great uh, ironic casting in Mike Myers as the uh, record executive who says, no, we will not have Bohemian Rhapsody as the number one single. Of course, if you know your Mike Myers acting history, you would realize that is a very ironic role that he, he's filling. Well, there. he was responsible for the resurgence of Queen uh, with... And that song in and particular. And that song, yeah, yeah. Very exactly. With uh, In the 90s. That would be Wayne's World, World, right? Absolutely. Yep. Gone to see this movie about Queen, but I think I've already like I, I already saw the whole story because Netflix did it better. Ne- it, Netflix did that whole story much better. You talk, there was a like a three part documentary or something like that. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, it's, they're on their second season. It's called The Crown. Oh, okay. So I thought that was a much better story of Queen um, and the whole ascendance to the throne and, I, and all I, that. So yes, I, I, I didn't need to see another movie, but I already watched it on that. Mike would be talking about the, the Queen, Queen as opposed okay. to the rock group from the gotcha. 70s. Oh, and 80s. the band! Oh, I thought you meant yeah. the Queen of England. No, no. No, we were I not. I should have saw that one coming. No, we were not. Uh, <laughs> yep, there you go. Okay. Well, anyway. So there's our review of that Bohemian is, Rhapsody. That is on my list of things to see at some point in the not-too-distant future as well. I'll leave you with uh, Rami Malek, who uh, plays the uh, Freddie Mercury role. Uh, may not have Freddie's pipes, but he definitely has his moves down. He spent uh, several weeks working with a chor- uh, 
choreographer to kind of get all the, the, the moves and steps down. And I, I'd say definitely has those covered. Also, the way they recreated Live Aid from uh, the 1985 concert. Uh, I know, you know, obviously it's amazing what you can do through special effects nowadays, but it's uh, Which I think cool. was actually the first, if I read correctly, that was the first scene that they that they filmed for the movie was that, the that live performance at Live Aid. Because I think they were going into it thinking, if we can't do this, mm-hmm. we're not even going to keep going because it's just, it's not worth it at the, you know, in the long run. But they pulled it off from what I understand and everything else turned out to be quite amazing. Well, it is interesting you say that too, Matt, because as it turns out, they uh, you see that scene very early in the movie and then you see it again at the end of the movie. They kind of go full circle with it. So the fact is it may have been shot first. They also decide they were going to use it first to kind of tell the whole narrative to kind of go from uh, you know start to finish with uh, Freddie's career and uh, certainly uh, with, well, I guess it's not the whole career. And, and there's some was, stuff yeah, left was, out. From I what know. I understand, just up to the Live Aid since that was mm. the pinnacle of their performance you know performing career basically right uh was, I, think, was that I think that was the end really i mean because he he passed away soon after that well actually he mm, lived he for about another like, it was like six or seven years 91 later one or 92 yeah. i think yeah you're right matt he uh I remember the one thing i remember about his death was that they announced that he had aids and then the next day he was dead like they they waited right. to it was a, that yeah. was back Back in the day when that was, you know, there was a big stigma to it. Um, yeah. And I remember that the, 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 the story came out that he had AIDS, and that was a big news story, and the next day he was gone. So, like, they he, they waited a long time because, you know, and that gets into it, and I don't know how far we I haven't seen the movie, so I, I, I don't want to speak to it, but, but you kind of got to acknowledge, and maybe you can speak to it, Todd, um, that the one complaint about this movie is it kind of glossed over his sexuality. Yes, uh, it did. There wasn't, it Think wasn't. about that that they, they kind of went over that. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of glossed over is a good way of putting it, Mike, because they really don't, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, it's kind of subtle. and they It's referenced, but not it, really in any large yeah. context, I mean, you, you certainly know he's gay. I mean, there's the relationship he has uh, with his uh, manager and, uh, you know, uh, there was uh, then there was the other guy that he ends up, uh, who turns out to be his companion. I forget his name now. Uh, so you see it, but yeah, I guess some you know the the whole emphasis of like these parties that uh, Freddie would throw at his at his mansion or his house at the time, uh, that that whole part gets glossed over into like one brief scene where I guess he was doing them you know, at that point he was doing them all the time and it was kind of a big part of who he was. Uh, yeah, no, it's more about the band and they kind of kept it more to that and I think that's also why the final scene is the Live Aid concert because that's the last time they all performed together live. Mm-hmm as a group so they kind of wanted to, to kind of stick with that uh the only thing i will say is the other band members thought you know that they gave a ringing endorsement to this movie so while it may gloss over a lot of things if to me if the fellow band members the surviving band members are saying this is well done and you know they managed to recreate the essence of what the band was all about then it's hard for me to really find a lot of fault uh, with with the movie as a whole, not to mention as you know, it's a if if you like their music, then it's a great nostalgic trip for you know uh, less than two hours. It's like a sub two hour movie too, which is I, feels unique. I hate to do this to you because I I don't disagree with you, but do you honestly think that the band would come out and say the movie wasn't any good when the band had a massive financial interest in the movie doing well? No, but you know you can always you can always not 
be gushing about the movie. You can kind of say, you can kind of be more reserved in your comments, I guess. Uh, I maybe, mean, they, maybe, yeah. You know, and the point is they weren't. So I think you're right. It, with a financial stake in it, certainly they'd probably rather gush than not in order to, you know, maximize those those profits. I actually don't know how the movie is done overall at the box office. So It's, it's the biggest selling bio, biopic of all time. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. But I'm sure even if they gave sort of like a, you know, kind of a, eh, you know, as long as they didn't slam it, uh, I think it still probably would have done well anyway. Because I just think there's a lot of fans yeah, of the, the band. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, Queen is just so, I mean, it, iconic. Mm. You know, and especially just the song, Bohemian Rhapsody. I remember I stumbled upon a video online. I think it was uh, like an intermission at a Green Day concert, I think. In was it Green? I think it might. Have, I think it was Green Day, but either way, it didn't matter. It's something that was just within the last three, four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they just had a camera at the back of the stage, pointing at this stadium crowd, and it was an outside stadium, and they were playing Bohemian Rhapsody over the PA, mm-hmm. and you had every person in the crowd singing along with it. And I started thinking to myself, how many songs out there, realistically, could you get? play anywhere on the planet and just about anyone who can hear it is going to know how to sing along to it. Well, particularly with that song, given kind of the uh, complicated lyrics and everything. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And uh, it was just, you know, it was, it was a nice cool thing that, you know, people who, you know, going to see a, a band who is really not a heck of a lot like Queen, granted it was in England as well, mm. so that I'm certain, the short certainly helped, but even in the U.S., I'm sure you'd get a very similar result just because that song is so well-known and iconic. So, Yeah. And realistically, like, there are not a, there's not a whole lot of songs out there where you could actually pull that off. And that is one of the better scenes in this movie, too, kind of the, the creation. You know, they, they show him in the farmhouse and how, you know, Freddie's, like, coming up with all these, oh, like, we're going to get in the phone booth. And he had, the, he had his other uh, band member, like, hitting the Galileo, Galileo. How high can he go? And it was, you know, it... It's pretty, and when you think about all those concepts, you can kind of understand where the Mike Myers character is, the manager, going, yeah, this is not going to play. First of all, this song's way too long for, for radio play anyway at, like, six minutes. But, you know, still, when you think of all the other elements and the opera, I mean, just doing something as daring as that. And believe me, there's been a lot of bands out there that have tried daring things in, in music and, and trying to incorporate other elements of music into, say, the rock genre or, or whatever. But... You know, for them to put an opera in is just, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it it, it kind of took some brass ones, and you know, to their credit, it worked. It, it was, worked, you know, yeah. yeah, it was it was catchy, and you know, certainly it got the resurgence thanks to you know the Wayne's World movies, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, I can't uh, overall. I, 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 we probably talked about this too much already, Mike. Why don't you go on to uh, a movie that may appeal to a I don't know, maybe it'll appeal appeal to a bigger audience, at least maybe who think of the eighties. Yes, speaking of that's right. <laughs> we're going. We're, well, no, actually, this this is a little defiant. I um the other one I saw, and I just saw it last week. Um, is Creed two. Uh, the 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 second one in the shocking resurgence of the Rocky franchise. So they actually decided instead of just making trash, to make two really good movies. Um, this one might be a slight step down from Creed, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, but I went with a friend who had never seen, really had not seen a Rocky movie, and he walked up saying how good it was. Um, it's a it's a great story, and 
Um, it's a it's a direct continuation of Rocky IV, believe it or not. And you know, as much as it's, and Rocky IV does not age well. Um, that is a relic of the, another relic of the '80s, where you know he's off fighting the Russian the Russian boxer Ivan Drago, avenging Apollo Creed's death and and all that. And it's, it's you know racks yourself in the American flag in, in the Reagan era '80s. But this movie picks that story up with obviously the son of Apollo Creed, Adonis Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan, um, and he's fighting the son of Ivan Drago. And Dolph Lundgren is back as Ivan Drago. Boxer's manager, and obviously successful as Rocky Balboa, and the shocking appearance of Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, and a very, very couple of very small scenes, and it was kind of stunning to see her because <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen her in probably twenty years. But yeah, she she's been a while. Mm, has she aged well? Uh, you know, she's aged appropriately. Yes. Okay. Yes, actually, she looks like she's the appropriate age and looks like it looks good. You know, what's interesting about this... She's got to be 60, 65 of the rough rough guess, maybe late 50s, and she looks like she's in her late 50s, early 60s, and she's an attractive woman in her late 50s, early 60s. She looks completely appropriate. You know, what's interesting, Mike, is you mentioned this movie's a continuation of Rocky IV, and you could probably make a strong case that if anyone was going to fight to avenge Apollo's death, it almost rings more true that it would be his son going over there. I mean, I, I realize the Rocky-Apollo relationship was very tight in the original Rocky films, but to have the son now go, I mean, that just takes on another emotional level where even someone like your friend who hadn't watched the original Rocky films can, you know, if they can recapture that or, or capture that emotion with, you know, Creed, uh, Apollo Jr., then, I mean, th this, you could, again, make a strong case that there's really more of a purpose for him going over there to fight Ivan Drago's son and all the emotions involved in him. That's not the focus. The uh, focus of is course not. And, and the first one, and I think Stallone got robbed in the first one. He should have won an Academy Award because he's playing Rocky. And if you follow the story, and, and Rocky V was terrible, don't ever watch it. But Rocky Balboa was the kind of resurgence of this character, and that was his last fight. And he's now in, in Creed. He's, you know. He's a widower. All of all of his old buddies are gone. Uh, he's running. He's running his own restaurant, and he's living back in kind of the poor area of Philadelphia. But he plays it as this kind of wise. He's almost like the Mickey role from the original movies, but not as bombastic as Mickey was. And he's playing like what you would expect an aged Rocky Balboa to be. And it's this kind of father-son relationship that they have that carries on through the movie. And there's, a, and there's a lot of parallels to the original Rocky movies, to this relationship between Adonis Creed and Rocky Balboa. And it's looked as a father and a son relationship. Um, and without, giving, without going too deep into it, it's almost like they took the story of Rocky III and continue and kind of used that, used that kind of uh, framework and moved it to continuing the story of Rocky IV. But um, it's more of a character-driven drama, and there's a lot of it, it, the relationship, you know, um, and, and it's actually a phenomenal relationship between Ivan Drago and his son and what goes on through that. And 
Rocky and Ivan Drago are basically, you know, at each, not at each other's throats, but they, they are not friendly in this movie. You know, there's a lot of still resentment over what happened uh, with Ivan Drago killing Apollo Creed in the ring, and that comes up quite a bit. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of nervousness. And so it's a, I'm trying not to give a lot away, but I, what I'm getting at is that you, know, you always joke that they made so many Rocky movies, and Rocky Four was what it was, and Rocky V was terrible. Um, they've all of a sudden flipped the script again and made two really good sports drama movies that stand on their own, tell an excellent story, uh, well acted, well well set out. Um, a lot of uh, Tessa Thompson plays Adonis's well wife in this movie. Um, Felicia Rashad shows up, um, you know, basically wearing a button that says don't. You know, ignore the Cosby Show. I was never on the Cosby Show. Look away from the Cosby Show, and plays Apollo's wife. Um, but it's it's a character drum. It, it's not cheesy at all. It is a really good, like if Rocky, if the five Rocky movies never happened, and they just plucked this this down at the start of the ser- start of the series. It holds up. It's really that good. And the fact that they've honored this forty year old legacy of the you know the Rocky Balboa movies and continued this character to to its end and 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 I still don't said he's not gonna play Rocky anymore and there's you know there's always room that it can happen again but um they've played this character to 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 an end and continued on and continued the story in a way that doesn't make you hate the fact that they ruined this and it was a money grab. It's a great movie. I mean it's a quality movie to go see. I definitely enjoyed the first Creed movie, and you're right. I think one of the strengths of that movie was the relationship between, you know, Adonis Creed and and Rocky, and and that father son relationship, which it sounds like from what you're saying, Mike, it just continues on in, into the into this movie. Um, yeah, and, and they don't do they, they and they don't go to the fan service where they have all the, the taglines and they they do these little wink backs to Rocky. The ones they do are incredibly subtle. Um, like the Rocky statue shows up, and, then, and 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 there's a scene where two characters are standing on top of the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and you can see people running up the steps like they do in real life. But there's not—it's not like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Here we're going to just give you all these references back, so you'll 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 hey, remember this. By the way, didn't you and I try to do that when we were in Philadelphia one time? Dude, we didn't try. We freaking <laughs> succeeded. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I got to the top of those stairs. It may not have. T- it may have taken me a little longer, but I got to the top of those stairs, <laughs> and, and I did the Rocky pose. And of, you need some oxygen after you get there. A lot of stairs. Have you, have you ever, I've never I been. Did not, I did not. When you go up to the top of the stairs, they actually have bronze <laughs> footprints right at the top of the stairs where he stood. Uh, you can stand there, but um, yeah, the, the best I can say. The, the 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 one thing I can really say about it is that they they've taken these movies and honored the character, but have also furthered the story and made it into an interesting story that stands on its own. And if they, if they made another Creed movie and some of us were decided not to do it, I'd probably go see it because I've invested these characters in this story. And it continues something that I remember when I was, the first one came out in 75 or 76, so I was, right. you know, eight or seven or whatever. So I've been watching these movies my whole life. And to see this character continue on and play it in a way that doesn't embarrass it and doesn't take away from the legacy. In fact, adds to the legacy and kind of erases the cheesiness that it got into with the last couple of movies where it just became like way over the top stupid. Uh, 
it, it, it really made me feel good walking out saying they really, they really did a good job on that movie. I mean, I can't say enough about it. It was excellent. Yeah. Mike, I'm trying to remember this uh, with the with the Creed series, these installments of movies. Is Stallone still heavily involved with the writing? Because he wrote the original script for like the first couple of Rocky movies. Uh, he wrote them right? all. Oh, he wrote, wrote them all, and I don't think he's. I think he's involved with the writing, but I don't think he's heavily involved with. That. But he is still involved, and and probably so. That's why you're seeing the authenticness of the original character. I think yeah. to to some degree. Well, it's. Yeah, I definitely want to see it, and uh, I mean, I think another thing that makes it work is what you you do have you know Stallone's. Uh, influence and, and some of the writing with that character. I think the other thing, Michael B. Jordan's one of the, the, the best young actors out there right now. You, you know, you picked someone, you know, that could fill that Creed role and give it some, well, for lack of a bad pun, credence. I mean, it just, it's, but he really, I mean, you needed someone with some gravitas in that role to play opposite Stallone. And, uh, you know, I, I think they, they casted well there. Uh, yeah, so I mean, is there? Let me just ask this, Mike. Is there room then for the possibility of there being another Creed movie after this, without giving away any yeah. plot or anything? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there is. There definitely is. Um, it, it features, by the way, Michael B. Jordan, who was Killmonger in Black Panther. Right. And his wife was Valkyrie in the Thor movie. Just a little hint to you, Marvel fans. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks. And Stallone actually was in Guardians of the Galaxy. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> and maybe in future Guardians movies, if things, depending on how they decide to handle that franchise. Yeah. Right. I, I want to touch on one other thing, of pivoting away from, because Todd said the word Credence, and it, it, it dropped me into another movie. Because um, Credence is a big character in Fantastic <coughs> Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And um, without getting too deep into that, because it's, it's an old, I know it's still in theaters. Um, you know, we, we're Harry Potter fans in, in my house, and my daughter is, like, obsessed. So we, of course, went to see it. And I just want to – I would love to know if people could comment in who've seen the movie. And have either of you two seen it? No. Yeah, no. Okay. no. Um, I, Feel free to spoil all you want, Mike. I think I'm going to skip oh, I this one. I, well, I, the end of it – the end of it, and if J.K. Rowling hadn't written the movie, I, I would be a little bit like, okay, that was cheesy. Mm -hmm. But she basically makes a character reveal at the end that doesn't make any sense. It, it, it gives one character a brother who never had a brother in all of the canon of all of the Harry Potter movies. And this character that, that, that gets this new brother... Um, was in all of the Harry Potter movies. His, you know, his name might rhyme with Bumbledore. Um, but, yeah, I, I walked out of there going, that was a good movie, but what was that ending? I hope she has a plan. Well, is, isn't it sort of just the reverse of the Chuck Cunningham situation where you create a character, realize you don't need him, and you phase him out? Here, you didn't know you needed the character, and you phase him in. So, well, there the you go. Well, the trouble is, Todd, <laughs> this is a prequel. So you phased in a character that essentially changes the motivation for the entire series. <laughs> I feel a tear in the fabric of the space-time continuum here. <laughs> Welcome to Biff's Pleasure Palace. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Just... What, did, what did you say? <laughs> no, I said that it caused a, a rip in the fabric of the space-time continuum. Welcome to Biff's uh, Pleasure yeah. Palace. <laughs> Be limited to our negative galaxy, but yeah, it, it, it completely because 
actually, if you follow the canon of it, then the storyline, it's like, wait a minute, no, no, that would have come up on the panel at some point when he was talking to Harry, and, and it, it, it basically changes, like, the entire backstory sure. to a point where it's like, I don't understand how mm. that, because because the, the trouble with a prequel is, like, when you see, um, if, like, if somebody will say made a Star Wars prequel, which they no one ever has, thank God. Um, right. <laughs> and you you would know what happens to a little whiny brat if they chose to make you know Anakin Skywalker a little whiny nine year old brat mm-hmm. with an annoying alien sidekick. Um, if they had done that, you would already know that the little whiny brat's going to fall in a bowl of lava, and it can't happen soon enough because he's a little whiny brat. Mm. And he turns into Darth Vader. Well, in this, you know what's going to happen at the end of the series, and. Um, See, this is why I don't want to see this movie. You've already given me a million reasons not to see it. I enjoyed all the Harry Potter movies, and I want to just remember them as they were. I don't want my universe changed or, or whatever. So, I'm... but you also find out the origin of Voldemort's snake, and apparently, it's a pretty Asian woman. <laughs> that was a little. That was a little tough to try to figure out. Speaking of Voldemort, he was in a Saturday Night Live sketch last week where uh, he came up as part Theresa of the, May, yeah. Yeah, the Theresa May. Well, of course, the, the, they ran out of time. Literally, the show, the live show was running out of time. They had to cut the sketch short so they could go to the credits. But, Is uh, that what happened? Because I watched it on YouTube and I couldn't see it. It like, just ended. Oh, yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah, it was like two minutes to one. Right. That's, I. you know, well, I mean, I, I watched it the next morning and uh, my, I DVR'd it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, because she you're all like me and can't stay up to one o'clock in the morning watching Saturday yeah, Night Live. It, it, yeah, no, it's it, it's Saturday. It's Saturday night. It's Sunday morning live. It's what it's become. <laughs> it, it, Mike subscribes to Hulu and watch it whenever oh, he gets around to it, it live. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, Mike, I didn't want you to totally get off the subject of the Creed movies because I did want to ask: Do you think Stallone would be uh, is, is his performance Oscar worthy at all? And then use that as kind of a stepping stone into our next topic. No, I, I actually sadly don't think so. Okay. Um, I, just because it's a sequel. Yeah, because he got considered, wasn't he considered, I think, briefly for supporting actor in the uh, first Creed movie, or? He was, no, he was nominated. Oh, he was, okay, that's right, I thought I remembered that, I yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I would be surprised, just because sequels don't get the love, um, and, you know, at this point, now, that being said, there could be, there could be the, if he wins, it's a lifetime achievement. Because because the performance itself it might not be strong enough, but I could see it giving it to him as a lifetime achievement award, saying, you know, here you go, this is for playing this, you know, and it's been done before. I do but. want to ask. I was going to okay, say, go ahead, Mike. Didn't uh, in '76 or '77 the Oscars? Didn't he win the Oscar for best original screenplay for? Yes, he did. Okay. But this would be an acting Oscar. An act, okay. like, um, in the Emmys, where. Uh, Henry Rickler just recently won. Oh, did he? Emmy. Well, yeah, and yeah. that was that was kind of the the lifetime achievement award. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll I'll buy that. But as I think about it now, you mentioned that he was already nominated for Creed as a supporting actor. Has the same character ever been? He wouldn't have. Been, that's never happened. Where a character would be the same character get nominated again in another year for a, a different movie featuring that character, or even that. Well, yeah, I guess I, that's what I mean. I would mean the character. I can't think of one because how many times do do uh, do movie series actually ever create anybody who's Oscar worthy? All the movies that 
you know, you nominate best actors and actresses or supporting actors or actresses from are all like one-off movies typically. I mean... It's happened once. Oh, it did what? Uh, Godfather? Yes, Godfather 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, that's probably the only one I can Brando think of. And, it was two, two actors, but it's the same characters. Brando and um, De Niro. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. But but again, you know, both of them didn't get nominated again the second for the second movie. They were both nominated in the uh, first movie, right? Or were they? No. What? No. Brando was the first movie. De Niro played Vito Corleone in the second movie. Oh, it's the same character played by different actors. Same I character got it right. Played this. by different actors. Got it. Because, because Godfather Two is, excuse me, it flashes back and forth from um, Michael, the rise of Michael. To the rise of his father, um, because Brand- Brando's character doesn't make it through the first movie. Spoiler alert for a sixty-year-old movie. Right. Um, yeah. So, so they go back in time to, to see how Vito came to America, and I may be wrong, but I think they both won. Um, they were definitely both nominated, and I know De Niro won, um, and I'm pretty sure Brando won for the first one. I'd have to go back and so check. It's also the rare movie trilogy. All three movies were nominated for Best Picture. What trilogy is... I'm trying to think what trilogy that would uh, be. Godfather. The third... Godfather the third. 1, 2, 1, and 3 was nominated. Godfather 3 got nominated? Yes, it did. It was a slow year. Oh, my. Wow. Totally slow year, but it, it did get nominated. Did you guys talk about that on Through the Lens, one of the very first episodes, maybe? Or, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, Yes, I was just going to catch. The whole thing where I compared Sofia Coppola to a block, block of, of wood. wood. That I remember. Yeah. I vividly remember that. Yep, it was uh, just wow. a block of wood okay. sitting on like a uh, just a music stand. With a picture of Winona Ryder. <laughs> With a picture Ryder, of Winona Ryder, Ryder right next to it because mm. she replaced Winona Ryder because I think she was the, uh, sick. Character. She like two days into filming, she got sick and couldn't couldn't work or whatever, and then Francis yeah. decided, all right, putting Sophia in. Yeah, as an actor, she's a good director. Yeah. Very good. Well, for those of you who are still listening, this is the TOSC Toddcast TTL Reunion uh, Part 3. And uh, this next, uh, I want to, again, talking about the Oscars, I wanted to segue into this topic, which has become, uh, you know, a big topic within the last week or 10 days or so. And that is right now the Oscars currently does uh, the upcoming Oscars uh, in February or March, whenever they have it now. February. February, right. Uh, they don't have a host uh, because of uh, Kevin Hart was the host for about a week. And then uh, I don't even think it was that long. Yeah, was it? maybe it was a couple of days. Let me also reiterate right now. I'm going to reread our disclaimer. The content, views and opinions expressed to those of the participants of this program. We don't reflect the BMC of the town of Belmont. OK, let's You're get expecting into... something bad, aren't you? It might even come from me. I don't know. I may say the wrong thing and I just want to cover myself. But uh, just in case you guys want to say something inappropriate, go right ahead. Uh no, I don't know. I mean, my, my feeling here is that, you know, the fact that they dragged up this, like, you know, this kind of came out of, like, people knew, like, when they named Kev, when the Academy said they Kevin knew, Hart, you can host. Yes. They, they, they knew it's of, not like they didn't know that that footage existed. Right, and so what's the purpose it's of... It's been part of his act forever. Yeah. And they still asked him to do it. And then two days later, they said, nope. You, well, they went to him and said, you know, you're going to have to apologize for this. He says, absolutely not. And they said, okay, well, then you're not hosting. 
That makes well, no, no he sense back, to no, me No, actually, whatsoever. didn't Kevin he Hart didn't. back out of hosting? He didn't. They didn't officially boot him, right? I mean, they kind of gave him an ultimatum. They, I think they gave him the ultimatum, saying, you know, yeah, do yeah. it or you're not, or you're not hosting. Okay. And he basically the said, "Hell, the piss uh, off." They may have said, "You you apologize or or you're going to quit," right? Because <laughs> you ain't getting on the stage either without an apology. And it just it makes it it's these sorts of things are starting to really drive me crazy. Mm. It just beyond belief. Hence, I read the disclaimer again. Anyway, right. let's continue. <laughs> no, but that's, it, that's it's it's why it's a I worthy it was point. Up. No, it. But I think it is. I mean, <clears throat> we're, it's this. You're right. What was the whole purpose then of you know, like you said, Matt? They knew. Why did they bother give you know right. making the offer and making it public? You want to do it behind the scenes and give them a day to think about it and say, "Here's the ultimatum. If you want to host, this is what you have to do." Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to do it. Thanks. We'll go another direction. Nobody has to make an announcement on that, and then. It doesn't become this whole whole huge story until a couple of years later when somebody does a you know documentary about Kevin Hart and they said, oh yeah, I almost hosted the Oscars one year, except they decided to be d bags about it. Right. Um. I I just and I don't know. I it it just makes no sense to me why they would have announced him as the host and gone the the direction they did it just baffles my mind. I think what gets me too with this, uh, you know, the whole, you know, obviously Kevin Hart would have been hosting for the first time. They've had a lot of other hosts in recent years that have not been controversial. I'm kind of surprised they, the Academy wouldn't have wanted to just turn back to one of those. Why did they decide they wanted to, you know, to, to name Kevin Hart? I mean, I granted he's a, for edgy and trying to get viewers. What they forget is that it's a four hour snooze bet. And they could have whoever the hell they wanted hosting this thing. It doesn't matter. It's a bloated four-hour snooze fest trying to attract millennials who have the attention span of a mayfly. And I'm more concerned. Why do they have Kim Kardashian hosted? She could do the whole thing on Instagram in about 30 minutes and we'll be done with it. It, 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 You know, it cracks me up because they're trying to be hip. They're trying to be edgy. But then they won't go over the line. You know, if they really wanted to, they would have just sailed into the controversy and said, here we go. But, you know, it's the same thing where they disavowed James Franco for whatever he did, other than being just as mess in a teabag. Um, yeah, but at least Franco actually got to co-host, uh, you know, an Oscars. Where it... I, I, think, I think Kevin Hart's still in better shape because James Franco basically ruined Anne Hathaway's career because that was, that was god-awful. The, the Oscars are too long, they're too bloated, and I'm sorry, I know it's your life's achievement, but best sound in a short feature documentary, move ahead, I get it, you're going to thank your crew, your wonderful crew, your wife, put the kids to bed, and I couldn't do this without my agent, and we'll move ahead. I mean, skip the speeches, and the other thing is, when you do the dead people, don't play the damn song over it. The best part of the show was trying to figure out, trying to hear the applause and see who people trying to figure out who that person was. So, you know, I don't care about the, I used to, but it's just a bloated mess. I only watch it on, when I could DVR it and I fast forward through all the speeches because it's boring. Yeah, that's... That's, that's the fundamental thing. Get it down to about two hours. And you don't have to give a reward. I'm sorry. Best short feature live action documentary. You might have a great story to tell, but 
Well, they had I don't care. I was just about to say, I thought the best part of the In Memoriam segment is, was it the year that they, they put John Lovitz up there? But then I realized that's the SNL when they did the anniversary special <laughs> and they did the In Memoriam of former cast members who had passed. And it wasn't the Oscars at all. I'm thinking to myself, why would John Lovitz be mentioned at the Oscars? But So it got me up. It's just not relevant anymore. Totally and the fact that they tried to do best popular movie and then had to back away from that because people couldn't try to figure out what that was. I mean, it's a bunch of movies, you know, and the thing is, then, then it's, a, you know, it's a bunch of older, stodgy people nominating these, these art house movies that are probably very good, but I'm sorry, movies get more expensive, and, and you know, I'm not a professional reviewer, even though I used to play one on TV. <laughs> I want to go see something on the entertain. I want the explosions. From my mind, Bumblebee is probably going to be best picture of the year because it's going to have John Cena and a lot of explosions. I don't really care about a small art house drama. I mean, that's why I liked Creed. It was a drama, but there was there was people getting hit in the face. So you know, there's just a lot of who cares about the Oscars, and, and that's what they that's what they don't get. They're trying to make it this old Hollywood glamour, and it, that's passing by. <coughs> they, 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 they do it like the Golden Globes. Let them all sit at the table, get everyone drunk, and put Ricky Gervais in charge of it, and you know, just roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, well, you know, it almost feels with the Oscars, too. The only time you really arguably need the host part is right at the beginning, I suppose, if you're going to have, like, a monologue segment. But once after the first 10, 15 minutes, you could just have each presenter hand off to the next presenter or introduce the, you know, the, the song that's going to be performed. And, I mean, everyone can just, you can just sort of have, everyone can be a host pretty much, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. I could yeah. host the Oscars at this point now. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to trot off Billy Crystal again. Hey, it worked in the nineties, twenty-seven times in a row. Let's let's dig up Bob Hope and put him out there. I mean, come on. I almost think they'd be more likely to drag out Jimmy Kimmel again because it's on their network and and he's right across the street. Oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, in the he's convenient. Bring him out again. It's like, okay, Jimmy, we get it. You're 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 quirky. Yes, you're gonna you're gonna have everyone go to a theater again and. Or bring a tour group into the Oscars. What about Ellen DeGeneres then? What about that? I mean, she's hosted before too. I mean. Yeah, that's the same thing. I mean, you, you know, it's she's safe fine. Right. I was going to say, it's not fine. not edgy. It's more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's safe. It's, you know, let's let's play this in the Midwest where, you know, you know, mom and pop, mom and pop are going to watch the Oscars and watch them radical Hollywood guys. And I, I mean, you get into a bunch of crap. And, and, and I, it, yeah, the other thing is, don't lose sight of the fact that it probably didn't take Kevin Hart too long to realize that it wasn't worth it because the Oscar hosting is an unpaid gig. So you're going to put all that prep and writing time, and you ain't getting paid. So why would anyone want to do it? Just just have a press conference, whip a few trophies on people, and then have like an hour-long wrap-up show where, where you move ahead, move along, and you do all the little wacky things and... Have David Letterman come out every year and yell Uma and Oprah, and then we we go we move ahead with lunch. Now there was a host who I didn't think he bombed, but I think most of the the, the general oh, public. I, lo uh, I loved it. No, I thought it was good because it was right. It was it was Letterman. It was vintage Letterman, but most people don't get Letterman or didn't, and that's why I always was runner up to Jay Leno during uh, those years of the late night talk show wars. This is just a bunch of rich people giving each other trophies, so make it worth watching. Actually, there you go, Jay Leno. That's who they should get. Get him. He, he's looking for a gig. Make him, you know. You know what the other thing is? 
put a trap door in front of put a trap door and if you ever watched Ellen's game of games, she has this game mm-hmm. where they when they when they have to stand about twenty feet above the stage and over a tube. And they're standing on a trap door. If they get a question wrong, she pushes a button and they and they're immediately shot down they immediately fall down this tube. That's what that's what should happen at the Oscars. They have thirty seconds to make their speech. Otherwise, and you can't Ellen Oscar. She presses a button and they go down the trap door and that's how we move ahead. None of this playing out there and they just Trap door, and that's it. You're done. That would certainly influence a lot of the fashion of the evening, I would think. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, Mike, I just thought as someone who really is in dire need of a job, would be the perfect host for the Oscars, and I can't believe you and I missed him. I don't know. I'm missing it. Jay Sherman. <laughs> oh, it's no, don't you remember when he did host the Oscars? <laughs> he was wasn't he one of the presenters of the Oscars, or was that the? Uh, yeah, I think I kind episodes? of vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's... <laughs> actually, exactly two people involved in this podcast, listening or involved in this podcast, oh. get that reference. It's you and I. You know, there's another podcast that they produce here at the BMC. There's this woman who actually, it's like a fan. It's called the fan. It has to do with. Like, she will have anyone on as a guest that will talk about, like, a movie or a book or a TV show that's just a real big fan of said thing. And they'll it's like the Hopeless Fan Cast or something. It, it's one of the other podcasts they do here. Oh, you, need to get, you need to get me on that. You need to, I, I, will, I, will, I will make that go viral if you get me on that. I'll be a fan of anything. <laughs> well, no, you, you're supposed to come on with something you're a big fan of, and then she talks that's back and thing. forth. I'm a big fan of squirrels. I sit at my window and I watch them back and forth. I have a squirrel blog. It's they're nuts and org. I don't think that's. I think she'd be able to read through like a scam fan. <laughs> like I think you'd have. I mean, I think this is like people who are just genuine fans of you know different. Uh, it's out there. Check it on the. It's on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Here I am cross promoting other shows. Should I oh. check it out right now? Or should I finish this podcast? No, I think you should finish this first. Actually, we're going to get back to movies here on this uh, TOST podcast because we're recording this on Monday night. And I'll tell you, it's eight ten. Uh, and you're cutting into... Well, why aren't you DVRing it and then you don't have to watch all the commercials? Cutting into the longest-running episodic show in television history. Yes, but if you DVR it, like with a football game or anything else, you can watch through What's the commercials. DVR it? Because you think I've watched three hours of that? I, I, watched this, I can watch all three hours show in 25 minutes. Well, right. That's why you're... That's why who cares if it's on now? You're going to watch it later anyway. I just want to see people hit each other with chairs. Here's a question, though. Well, I'll tie this into what you're talking about because you brought up John Cena before. Is there ever going to be a point where Cena approaches kind of the net worth of uh, The Rock? I mean, is he going to be able to have that same sort of a movie career? Because he is popping up in more things now. Maybe the Bumblebee movies are what really vaults him to that next that that uh, Dwayne Johnson level. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't think so. He's not. He doesn't have that kind of Charisma, charisma, and charm of, of, of a Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Um, I don't think, and he's not as good of an actor. I, I, I Dwayne Johnson's got the eyebrow thing, which I know John Cena can't. Uh, replicate. Yeah, can't but the other thing it. is, like I saw John Cena in um, uh, Blockers. Well, it's a podcast. So I can probably well, it's a movie. Called, yeah, Blockers. Yeah, Blockers. Well, it's just called Blockers, Blockers. isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, that's what I said. Okay. Well, anyways, and he was okay. But, like, you watch Dwayne Johnson. I saw him in Skyscraper, which was basically Die Hard in a Skyscraper. 
And it was what it was, but it was preposterous, but it was good. Die Hard in a Skyscraper. Die Hard wasn't a skyscraper. So oh, it's, it was Die Hard in a Flaming Skyscraper. Okay, let me, let me be... Okay. And then I saw, that's I saw him in the Jumanji remake, which was a thousand times better than it had any right to be. And he played off type. I mean, it was, if you saw it, it was a high school geek that got sucked into the game and ended up having the body of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And he played it in that kind of way. Cedar doesn't have the talent that, 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 that Dwayne Johnson does. He can play a bunch of different roles. He's a good looking guy. He's charming. He's funny. He's self, self deprecating humor. I don't think anyone in WWE will ever approach to what, what The Rock did because. He's just got everything, and Cena Cena's going to have some success, but nothing nothing close to what, what Dwayne Johnson has. Okay. I would have to agree. And, I mean, let's face it, The Rock wasn't all that great in his early movies either. I don't know if you saw The Scorpion King or not. But... Oh, that was horrid. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, I mean, there's there's a bit of a learning curve, but I, I just don't see Cena hitting, you know, that kind of a level. Because uh, Dwayne did get much better at the craft. Okay. So. Well, with a caveat, because Dwayne Johnson's <laughs> career is almost over. Because why? What do you mean? It's only almost... got another year of making movies, and he's going to be done. Why? Because he's going to be the next president of the United States. I'm convinced of it. You really think he's going to run? I mean, I know they joked about it, but it... I think he should run because then we could eliminate all the armed forces. And just send Dwayne the Rock Johnson out to give him the people's people's eyebrow, and we'd be all set. It just drop a people's elbow down there in Afghanistan, and we would be all set. All we would need is the Rock. I would take Dwayne Johnson as president right now, but honestly, that's a topic for a different type of show. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to move let's, on. At let's that not point. get involved. I would, take, I would take a rock over uh, you know, a literal rock. <laughs> yes, I probably would. Too. Anyway, again, moving on though, uh, because this is a TTL reunion, let's talk movies. And although we didn't see a lot of recent movies, uh, it is the holiday season. Oh, well, Matt, I was sorry. just going to say, uh, Mike just made a reference to Die Hard, and I wanted to get Mike's opinion. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? The okay. ultimate Christmas yeah. All right, just want to make sure. That is the opinion of many, yeah. myself included, yeah. and I just wanted to see a if Christmas you were among that. Christmas movie should be that. based on its set at Christmas, right? I mean, that's, that's basically all okay. it needs to be is set at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. and which that it's is, and it has a happy kind of an ending, an uplifting. You know, the whole part about you know Christmas is the you know. Are you kidding me? It's miserable. I <laughs> falls to his death. Yeah, but oh, you're not. You're not guy. Yeah, but that's Hans Brinker, and he's not. A, you Hans know, no Gruber. one's rooting for him. Gruber, Hans, Hans, Hans Brinker has a silver skate. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed that. Uh, Hans Gruber. Okay. He killed Severus Snape. Right, Severus. Yes. Yeah, so where's Julie DeStefano? <laughs> I think she might have left already for the night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's hope so. Here at the BMC. dead, Julie. Snape. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but all right, so we have determined that Die Hard is indeed a Christmas movie. So let's talk about some of our favorite holiday Christmas-themed movies. Does Die Hard rank up at the top of your guys' lists? Well, when you're talking about Christmas my, action my favorite, movies. My favorite Christmas movie, and since I really don't have a man card anymore, and I'm proud not to have a man card, I can admit this, and the one I watch every year, Love Actual. Great Christmas movie. Never saw it. Okay. Uh, it's a romantic comedy that guys can watch. I haven't seen it either, so don't feel bad. Basically, in fact, it has Hans Gruber in it. 
he actually plays once again the kind of a villain in the movie, kind of kind of a scumbag. Um, it basically has every British actor you've ever heard of and Laura Linney um, <laughs> in it, and it's a Laura Linney's kind of half British anyway. Yeah. If you're fans of The Walking Dead, that I guess one of the dudes in The Walking Dead who just I don't know what his name is, but uh, he had a beard. Andrew Lincoln. Yes, Walking that is Dead. his name. Yeah, he he's in the movie. Okay. Um, Kira Knightley's in the movie. Uh, Emma Thompson's in the movie. Hugh Grant's in the movie. It's a British Prime Minister. Um, well, see, people knew who Hugh Grant was. Actually, it, it, when that movie came out, I know that was several years ago, nobody knew who Andrew Lincoln was. Must have been a very uh, young and yeah. unknown Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it, 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 you know, my wife and I watch it. We've watched it every year since it came out. Um, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, I'll admit it's a sappy love story, but it's got, once again, it's got some depth in it, and not every story comes out to a happy ending. Um, like Die Hard. But it, yeah, well, yeah, like Die Hard. In fact, ironically, it's the uh, Hans Gruber actor um, who is the one that doesn't have happy ending <laughs> because he should play the villain in every movie, even now that he's dead. Um, right. But it's it's a good it's a good movie. It really is. I, I recommend Love Actually. It's it's a, it's a good little fun little watch. You know. Watch it with a significant other. You'll get a lot of points for it. Okay, what about you, Matt? You want to throw one out there on your list? I I don't know that I have a favorite Christmas movie to be There isn't something this time of year that you really want to watch or maybe you you know your your better half wants to watch? Not really. I mean, I enjoy well, I would I would throw on a Christmas story just because my wife hates it. So and you just like to annoy I the just, hell out of it. We just yeah, okay. you know, we right. any time. You've been married a long time. I, yeah. I I know because I stood next to you at your wedding. Yes, you did. You have not learned happy wife happy life yet. Oh, I have. <laughs> but, you know, I still have to have fun sometimes. Okay. That that's true. But uh, no, I mean I I don't I mean I enjoy a Christmas story as I as I said, but I don't it it hasn't been part of my life for a good 15 or 16 years now because my wife can't stand it. Uh, I reference it all the time, but nobody actually understands the references because nobody in my house ever watches the damn movie. I finally watched it for the first time maybe, I don't know, two or three years ago. And it's, you know, it's cute, but I'm not going to be rushing to watch it again. No, but that is something that I, you know, I grew up with watching every year as a kid. Well, and they have, I know at least one network every year always has that marathon. Yeah, like TBS or TNT or something just runs it. TBS, yeah, just runs it. Back to back, like all Christmas Day. Sure. So, Which so is a little absurd. Want, you but... guys want a mental image that you'll never get out of your head. You'll never be able to unsee this after oh, I tell you this. Sure, I love those. Um, Shoot. But it came out. It came out on a talk show. So this this isn't even me making this up. That a certain young actor named Macaulay Culkin oh, has, um, you know, had dates over where it wasn't his idea, but it was their idea where they've watched Home Alone together. And, um, you know, Macaulay's used that, let's just say, to further the data along. Right. So there's that mental image for you. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, Home Alone to me now, I guess that, uh, what, there was a Christmas, well, the first one was set at Christmas, right? The, the yeah. <laughs> both Both set at both Christmas. Were. Okay, right. Yeah, my, well, it tells my, you what uh, impact they had on me. But yeah. I was more going with... You know, no, we, no, 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 I, I understand Macaulay where you were going. Macaulay Culkin using a 10-year-old Macaulay Culkin to further the date along, and that's like, dude. Something that's wrong why there. I was just moving on and, and kind of referencing that's it to a Christmas movie. Yeah. 
my my eleven year old wanted to watch that. Has been dying to see that, so we did finally watch it the other day. It and holds up, actually. It well, it does. And then I had to pull up a recent picture of Macaulay Culkin just to show him what that kid turned out to be. He's like, "That's not him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's him. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you think back though. I mean, those two guys, um, uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, their characters would be dead a thousand times over. This kid would be in juvie for. for I mean, you know. I mean, and, and also, somewhere, you know Wiley Coyote is writing a cease and desist order for, for the traps that he came up with in those movies. For the what? The traps. For the traps that oh, right, right, came up yeah. with those movies. I mean, paint cans. And... Yeah, well, I don't think any of them said Acme on them, so I, I don't think... I think missing technically... was the word Acme. Yeah, that was the only thing missing. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that I mean, was another good fun... Well, well, speaking of Christmas movies that hold up over time, I believe this year might be the 30th anniversary of the movie Christmas Vacation. How about that? The Griswolds. I mean, this is the one that they get that gets played year after year now, not the original movie where they go to Wally World, but this one. Is, right. And it does seem to hold its own. And, in fact, I've kind of grown to like it more, you know, probably with each subsequent viewing. And, and like A Christmas Story, I think there's usually a, a network that will run it for 24 hours straight. Right. Um, I haven't. I have actually haven't seen that in a really long time. Really? I, I have seen it before, obviously, okay. but I. it's I been a really a long, long time. time. But... It's funny that you mentioned that because I remember I saw a post online and I don't remember who posted it or where the hell it came from, but it was like the best Christmas decorations ever. And it was some they put a camper outside their house with a mannequin with a big hose pointing towards the oh geez. pointing towards the uh, the the uh, drain the manhole right uh, as you know homage to uh, yeah Randy Quaid and and cousin uh, Eddie cousin Eddie yeah. right exactly and I was like that is there's like 18 people in the on the planet that'll freaking understand that and i love it sure but all right, all right. well i'll ask you, I'll, I'll test you guys what highly paid television star starred as rusty in that movie yes well uh oh, i know who that is let's that see was, if uh, matt knows who it is it was the uh, he was I, I don't remember his name but he Do you was know in the, the wonder show years. he's in no not the wonder years Aaron. wasn't the older brother from the wonder years uh oh no, no. Like he's highly paid right now Oh. Yeah. Going into his last season on uh, one of the the last uh, you know multi camera sitcoms that's uh, that's been successful. Uh, I, I don't. I don't watch yeah, the comedies these days. It all started with a blank blank. No, I don't know. Bare naked ladies do the theme song. He was no. also. He's also been featured in a show that has been. It was rebooted and it's in its second year. But oh, without the star character, who said some nasty things on Twitter. They killed the star character because she right. was horrible. Right. All right. So, it's obviously... Johnny, Johnny Galecki. Yeah. Johnny Galecki, who played uh, David and Roseanne, okay. who plays Leonard Hofstetter on The Big Bang Theory. Gotcha. Go. Okay. I think Julia... I want to say Julia Lewis was, was Audrey. In you are correct. It would be Julia Lewis. So, both like yeah, it. both have gone, both actors have gone on to, uh, to bigger and better things there. Yeah, for sure. Just because yeah, Anthony Michael Hall didn't answer the phone that day, I mean. Well, yeah, but they had a different uh, Rusty and Audrey in each of the vacation movies, so it had nothing to do. They weren't going to bring Anthony Michael Hall back for another Rusty movie. I mean, because that one came out, I think, about five years after the original, and, of course, the, the characters can't age, so obviously they have to recast. There's another reboot that, did, that, that was better than it had to be. It was the Ed Helms vacation. 
when he played Rusty as the adult Rusty. That was better than it should have been. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of that one time recently. I, it was on one of the movie channels, and I caught a few minutes of it. I guess I caught the end of it. It was, yeah. I mean, I caught the part where, you know, he, he's at his parents. Family Truckster. What? So they, they brought back the Wagon Queen family truckster. I did see that, and he was back home visiting his parents. So, obviously, you know, Chevy Chase and Barbara D'Angelo are in it. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. Well, Beverly, I mean, sorry. I knew I was going to mess that up. <laughs> what else were they doing? <laughs> right, yes, right. They were, well, they were in between anyway. Super Bowl commercials or something. But, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. The few minutes of it I saw. I mean, obviously, I didn't see the big part. Probably the middle was probably more exciting, but, you know. Uh, maybe I'll watch the whole thing through at some point. But Anyway, uh, well, how about uh, what we're talking about? Well, you know, and I'll throw up It's a Wonderful Life. I know it's probably well, I was just going to say, if you start getting into the classics, then you got yes. the Wonderful Life. Of Miracle it's of one of those I still want to watch every Christmas when it's on, because it's the only time of year where they air it. Uh, right. I have never seen it. Ever. In my life. Really? I think you owe it to yourself to watch it once. I'm not saying make it one of your, your fixtures, but you, you owe it to yourself to watch it once. And then see if it's something you might want to consider ever seeing again or make it into your, you know, make a holiday rotation or how many ever movies you like to I see. I watched it so long, I almost don't want to watch it now. Because it feels like that's I, 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 part of my identity. Right. Exactly. It's a quest. Pathetic. Yeah. yeah. It's pathetic. I understand that. But it's like, I want to keep the street going. I'm never watching It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Well, you're already living a wonderful life, so you don't need it to maybe the way some oh, of yeah, us do. But... Yeah, my surgery coming up, my thumb, because I fell getting off a roller coaster. Yes, by the way, I have to say, both the, you know, doing this reunion tonight, I'm, I'm you know, uh, Matt's a little under the weather, and, and Mike here, you're undergoing the knife uh, for an injury you suffered while you were on your uh, your own version of uh, the uh, Griswold Rusty, vacation. Rusty, driving off the Rocky roller coaster to save, to save a group of homeless infants. No, I just tripped over my own two feet and ended up in a splint. They didn't even put Mickey Mouse ears on it, which was sad. You know, uh, all I can say to that is it sucks getting old. Believe me, I think we can all vouch for that. <laughs> oh so. my god! Oh my god! Does it? You cannot. Somebody, somebody actually asked me. I said half of it was the fact that I had been, I had been going eleven hours the day before, and I was already on my eighth hour again at Disney. And usually that doesn't save me, and I was exhausted. <laughs> I was like, two days at Disney is enough for me now, and I was by myself, so I could go at the pace I wanted to, which was. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this was the trip you kept talking about, you were looking forward to, and then, you I, know. So trust me, I had a good time, and I had a good time afterwards, and um, I, I, without saying anything else, because it's too, very too long of a story, but I will say, if anyone is going down to Florida, you go to Disney Springs and go to the Lego store and buy something from the Lego store there, because those people are wonderful, and we had a situation down there with our daughter, and they stepped up and turned a horrible day into a very good day because of a lost uh, 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 we let her we let her hold the bag and she lost at disney springs and they replaced the set without any question oh so that's nice i am telling everyone to go buy stuff at the store because they they yeah not to mention they did up a, a special lego splint for mike's thumb so now he's uh, oh, no, i should have a, i should have a lego splint that would be epic <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to have my daughter make me a Lego split. That would be epic. It would. And just to see the look on the doctor's face when you walk in for your surgery wearing a Lego splint. Mm. That would be worth <laughs> the price you know of admission right You know right what? There. Now I want to do that. That's almost, that, that is almost <clears throat> challenging. If it didn't hurt so much to bend it, I would do it. <laughs> but it really does hurt to bend it. 
All right. Well, you know, we're still talking some holiday stuff, and I know this isn't movies, but, uh, you know, how about, like, you know. Nothing has ever changed. What? Todd, desperately trying to get us focused. Nothing ever changes. No, right. Never. Well, I'm trying my best. Uh, well, it's not even so much getting it's focused. It's like herding cats. I did want to talk. <laughs> it's kind of, you're right. It's, but, uh, you know, favorite, uh, you know, it, well, it's, you know, the holiday season is not just about movies, but it's also about all the specials that air only this time of year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, why don't we just toss out some of our, our personal favorites. Matt, we'll start with you this time. Uh, I'd have to go with probably Rudolph. The classic Rudolph was, and of course my they want to take that one off the air because you heard, you know, all the stories he's yeah, been ostracized. Again. But, but again, yeah, the content views and opinions disclaimer. expressed to those of the participants here and don't reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. Go, Matt. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we threw out a we threw out an eight letter swear there. Good job, Matt. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's just uh, again, the people are just. I I I I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. People just need to stop being so damn. Well, I mean, from a technical standpoint, they're right. I mean, you know, you could make a case. Yes, you know, uh, Rudolph is totally ostracized, and then at the end, he gets exploited because he has something that Santa needs to, you know. But that's not the way we tend to view these these holiday stories. I mean, I don't think that was necessarily the intent when they originally conjured up the, you know, whoever wrote the song about Rudolph. Nope, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure they weren't. You know. Wringing their hands in the back room saying, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get them now. It just doesn't work that way. They were writing it. They were trying to do something cute, and yeah. now everyone has to And the be TV all up special has Hermie who wants to be a dentist. He I mean, wants, what's wrong exactly. With that? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a dentist. No, there isn't at all. Misfit um, toys and all. And, yeah. You know, I, mean, that, that, I mean, the special kind of expands on the song, and that's what really makes, you know, the, the special itself so memorable is that, you know, you had all these other, you know, people remember the misfit toys and the bumble and, you know, and uh, Hermie. And, yeah. It's, what are your thoughts there, Mike? I don't want to defer because I want to ask you what yours is because I want to see if I win a $20,000 bet with myself. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, I guess I'm going to have to go Charlie Brown Christmas. You probably knew that, right? I won the $20,000 bet with myself. Yeah, I know. I was going to say. It's, uh... I have to agree with you. That actually is one of my favorites. I haven't watched it yet this year. Well, you know what's amazing is the Charlie Brown Christmas couldn't air now because of its religious overtones, which, you know, as we just talked about with, you know, someone would definitely find offense to, you know, the fact you got Linus up there quoting scripture, uh, you know, at the end of the special. Yeah, no, uh, that, that to me is still one of my favorites. Um, oh, it is. for Every year. But I got to say, I, I don't know. I, I just get, I think it's because it's an hour long. I, I just kind of just kind of lose lose interest halfway through. I, I don't know why. It's, and, and it's nothing to do with the controversy because I think it's ridiculous. But, I'm uh, sorry, what are you talking about? The Rudolph. I watch, I, I prefer oh. Charlie Brown over Rudolph. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, Charlie Brown's only 30 minutes. I was going to say, yes. yeah, I was going to say, talk, it's not talk about, long. you know, you're talking about bullying all that? The Charlie Brown specials are problematic just for that. I oh, mean, sure. Lucy is, Horrible. Oh yeah! Again, blot. You know, well, in the Halloween one, you could argue exploiting because it's like Charlie Brown serves a purpose when they need to model a jack o' lantern. Turn around, let's use the back of your head. You know, it's. But otherwise, he's just a blockhead. They don't want him around. That's the only reason he got invited to the party or whatever. And 
you know, but uh, yeah, so we're <laughs> we're going down that. We're gonna not go down that rabbit. Hole. Yeah, no, that, but the that, that is a rabbit hole. The original <laughs> Christmas special is yes. I mean, it, it's sort of you know, I I quote it all the time, and yeah, it's you know, and of course the funny little kid dancing has got he takes on a life of his own there. That one right, character. Answer right. my trivia question for you. What it, what Lucy says she never gets what she really wants at Christmas. What is that? Uh, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real estate. Ding, ding, ding. Very good, Matt. It's uh, ironic because somebody was just doing uh, trivia at my work. We have a group chat in our department, mm-hmm. and somebody was throwing out trivia questions, which they all now know that I'm a fountain of useless knowledge. Uh, and a lot of it was uh, based on the Charlie Brown Christmas, and the real estate one just came up there. Well, there you go. So, all right, so, so go. I, I got to pick a different one from Todd. Just gonna get one well, there is there. another one I could have mentioned. You know, speaking of, I probably if I had a, a difference between a thirty a favorite thirty minute and a favorite sixty minute, I could give you my favorite sixty minute. But let's see if you can figure it out. You're gonna figure it out because it's a year without a Santa Claus. Yeah, there you go. That would be yeah. And, and, and it, it's the one that makes Santa Claus into a whiny little idiot. But see, Mike, you and I are probably in the minority of people who actually know what the name of the special is. Most people would say it's the Heat Miser, Snow Miser show. Here without a Santa Claus, but it's all Heat Miser, Snow Miser. But for my money, the greatest holiday special ever made. Uh oh. It's over. The Star Wars holiday special. Only aired once, and I just have to say three words The Arthur Sting. Can we find this on the internet somewhere? Please tell me it's still out. George Lucas has never released the threat that burned every copy because it is so bad. So no one put it out on YouTube? Uh, like an old. It's di- on YouTube. Watch it. If okay, you don't it remember is. the right. Star Wars holiday special, I do not. Watch it. You can actually see Harrison Ford's soul die a little bit every time he's on the screen. Um, Luke Skywalker is so made up he's unrecognizable as Mark Hamill. And Carrie Fisher sings a song about a Wookiee Christmas. Um, there's actually a, an elderly Wookiee watching porn. Um, that's as disturbing as it sounds. And B. Arthur sings, and the band Starship makes an appearance, too. And Diane Carroll. Um, and I want to say uh, either Cheech or Chong or one of them shows up. And uh, Art Carney from The Honeymooners is in it. Yeah, it's, it's a glorious mess. Sounds like, though, it'd be a great uh, link for uh, Six Degrees of uh, <laughs> doing it if you oh, want to play that oh, game. Do yourself a favor. Get it. Watch one of the versions on YouTube. Okay. You come back and don't tell me that this is so bad. I mean, so bad, it, it turns into a masterpiece. I mean, it is B. Arthur as the bartender in the cantina, the creature cantina, singing. Um, Art Carney playing something, um, wow. Carrie Fisher singing about Life Day, and it has a trivia question because it is also the first appearance ever in the Star Wars universe of Boba Fett, who they had an animated cartoon in the middle of it that featured Boba Fett. It was the first time he had ever showed up in anything. Because this special aired uh, right after the first original movie aired, Episode 4. Yes, and I remember when it was on, it was the biggest thing ever, as I was a huge Star Wars fan. I was was too, but for some reason I don't remember the the, the holiday special. It aired once. Well, I guess that's why. I must have been watching something else that night. And that was a flaming turd, and that literally it has never, I mean, everything that they've released 
There is no authorized release of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Did you actually watch it when it aired that I watched it when it aired. Wow, you are a privileged one then. You must feel it's... Of course, as an eight-year-old, I thought it was phenomenal. Of course. Now when I go back and watch it, I cringe, but it's that, like, oh my God, they actually thought this was a good idea. Mm. I mean, Mark Hamill had just been in a car accident, so he had had injuries. So he had him on it. He is so heavily made up, he looks like a corpse. But I, I thought it was a cartoon. No, there's a cartoon section. Most of it's live action. Oh. Did you not hear that B. Arthur sings? Well, I thought she was just singing as a, as a cartoon. Oh, no, Angela no. Lansbury so sung in a Disney movie, too, but that wasn't live action. On... Wait a minute, so this is like really B. Arthur? Like, I just thought it was her voice. <laughs> I was no, going, no, I was picturing like a job <gasps> of the Hut, like character voiced by B. Arthur singing. Oh, no. I don't know why. I was... Okay, that would be awesome, and I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> this is legit. Oh, my goodness, no. Wow. I think Maude had just been canceled. That must have been she was, was in between gigs. Ed I don't Carol, know. Art Carney. Oh, my God. Arthur, Harrison Ford, the band Starship. Did I mention the elderly Wookiee watching video porn? <laughs> because that's in there, too. And and he, yeah, and, and Chewbacca's son, who's named Lumpy. There are entire sections that take place on Chewbacca's home planet where it's just Wookiees grunting. By the way, just to show you what sort of a music or just an overall trivia nerd I am, it couldn't have been Starship. It would have had to have been Jefferson Starship because they hadn't lost, uh, I think, at it that point. Starship, but... It wouldn't have been. But I'm just but saying. Star- again, I'm showing my, my music nerdness because I'm familiar with the eras of the iterations of that band and when they <laughs> when they kept changing names. Anyway, uh, okay, I'll have to... Of course, Hong trivia, you should know. Right. There, well, was, a, there was an album released right around 78, 79 called Christmas in the Stars, and it was the official Star Wars Christmas album. And it featured the songs, What Would You Get a Wookiee for Christmas if He Already Owns a Comb, R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Okay. R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas is probably the most significant song on the album because it is featuring the lead singer of a man named John Boglioli. And I don't know if the dimes dropped on you yet, but John Bongliovi was cleaning the studio that his brother owned when they were doing this, and they asked him to do the vocals for this song. So he had a good voice, and he went on and sang the song. And he decided to make that singing a thing, but Bongliovi is not a good name. No, but something that sounds close to it probably is. It's John Bon Jovi. Wow. So wait a minute. In the Six Degrees game, Bill Belichick is connected to the Star Wars special. Yes. Well, no, this is... This is Christmas and the Stars, the Star Wars album. Yeah, well, okay, then he's connected to the Star Wars album, which is sort of connected to This is a separate debacle, but yes. John bon, <laughs> and that's on YouTube, too. John Bon Jovi singing R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Okay, I'm going to want to hear that. Because when I think of, like, just dreadful Star Wars songs, to me, the Ewok celebration will always be up there. Oh, no, From no. Return of the Jedi, but that's... <laughs> Look up that one, and, and the other one, which I liked when I was... Seven. I'll take the disco version of Star Wars over that any day of the week. R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Also, the other song from that album, What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Cone? Here's a hint. You give him love and understanding. <laughs> I wish I was making that up. But do yourself and anyone in the audience, look those up online. Okay. Holiday Special and the Christmas album are two just when you knew that, that Lucas was just going to sell everything out. Because 
Oh, is it bad? Uh, you, you got any more holiday reason. specials you want to uh, dredge up here? While he's looking up things on YouTube to try to play over the podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, I can't even see the screen. I know he's doing. Other than B. Arthur singing. Are you literally looking it up right now? He is. Yeah, I have access to uh, to some YouTube stuff here, but I don't know if I'm gonna. A Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a home. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Goodness gracious. So wait, a minute, the R- wait, you're talking about the R2-D2 song, right? Is that what you said? R2-D2, we wish you Merry Christmas. It's John Bon Jovi. It's absolutely John Bon Jovi. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can. Oh, here we go. I think I found it. All right. Sorry you're not going to get to hear this, Mike, but uh see if I can dredge this up here on the TOST Toddcast. Oh, here we go. <laughs> There you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. Yeah, we. Yeah, we got a chorus here. I don't hear any uh, John Bogliovi, but. Uh... <laughs> and I don't want to play anymore because we're probably gonna get we're gonna infringe on some copyrights Copyright there. Somewhere. But no, we heard uh, C3PO and R2D2 with the open, and then we hear a chorus kick in with R2D2. Oh no, no, you should go go a couple of minutes. It's in there. Trust me. Oh, it's okay. We'll look it up afterwards. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's still. It, I think it's still playing. So maybe I'll bring it back up. Uh, okay. Get a little further. And the other thing the we want to get back to Rudolph. Yes. Interesting about Rudolph that no one's mentioned is the murder that takes place in the closing credits. The closing credits. One talks about the murder in the closing credits. Murder. And there was an absolute murder in the closing credits. So if you remember the Misfit Toys, we had a cowboy that rides an ostrich. Mm-hmm. Oh, a water okay. Pistol, a water pistol that shoots grape jelly. The bird who can't fly gets thrown out of the sleigh. Yeah. And and he gives the elf gives everyone else a, a parachute, parachute. Except for the bird. And he takes the out, the bird who can't fly, but he swims. And takes out, takes out a parachute, looks at the parachute, looks at the bird, looks at the parachute. And throws the bird away with no parachute. Murdered the bird. Wow, I'm gonna have to go back and see that again. I, I totally missed oh. that. It absolutely, it absolutely happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna check, right. we're gonna check back in here and see if I can hear a little of this uh, John. Uh... Good Lord. What? The Quaver Converter isn't yeah, complete they, they yet. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame combination just for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, this this is pretty memorable. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to more of this at some point. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty memorable. <laughs> that is really... Wow. Uh, okay. Once you, you hear me, like... Because I, I, I know when it came on because I heard Matt go, Oh, dear God, or Oh, good God. <laughs> And that's absolutely John Bon Jovi singing that. Chris, if you want to talk about, yeah, you want to talk about like things like train wrecks of holiday specials. What about the Brady Christmas when they when they came back uh, and did the uh, the movie? They reunited the Brady uh, oh, family. A very Brady Christmas. 
that's yeah, very Brady Christmas. I mean, again, that it's just that is just the ultimate in cheese. If you're lactose intolerant, I, I don't recommend watching it. Oh, come uh, on, can't... Mike Brady trapped in the building. He's rescued by the power of Carol Brady's son. Oh yes, of course. I love that, right? Oh my God. Oh, there's so many moments. I think there was also an in, at, at one point there's an inside joke. I think when someone doesn't recognize Cindy or they forget about her because she's she's not played by Susan Olsen who couldn't come back from the movie. She was the only one who who did not return for the. Uh, for the Christmas movie? I, I remember when that came out, I was in college, and that was the biggest thing. We, we Oh, yeah. No, it got night. huge ratings, I think, for that uh, holiday season, too. Again, another movie that I believe might be, this might be the 30th anniversary. It was around 88, I think, when it came out. But uh, We may or may not have had a case of beer to, to drink while watching that, but I mean, <laughs> oh. clearly. <laughs> no, but Todd, you watch that Star Wars holiday special on YouTube, okay. and that's... Yeah, I will see Brady, it that Brady Holiday special will look like it's a wonderful life. Because <laughs> mm. the Brady's only feature Florence Henderson singing, not B. Arthur singing. Yes, hey. yes, and of course we've uh, what was it last year when we lost uh, Carol Brady? So that's uh, yes, she could actually sing, uh, unlike B. Arthur, who I'm guessing cannot really sing. Well, she can't anymore anyway because she understood. But I think even when she was alive, she probably couldn't sing. She had that sort of, uh, you know. I'm surprised you didn't pull it out there, Mike. You you seem to do a very good B. Arthur impression. Oh, I've lost the B. Arthur impression. You know. oh. Besides, besides, because Thrill House isn't here, right? Is that why? Well, no. I, I also know that I also know that the rules for the Toddcast are a little looser, but. If you remember the B. Arthur impression, it gets a little racy real quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would, I would once again have to read the content views and opinions expressed to those of uh, B. Arthur <laughs> only. B. Arthur, and you're just looking pretty good in MG. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is it bad that I ask my Amazon Alexa about once a week if Betty White is still alive? Is it is it wrong to do question. that? No, I mean she's what ninety five, ninety six now, or she's that's up there. That's what it is. I say Alexa is Betty White alive, and she says. Betty White is still alive, <laughs> and we're all glad she I is. I wonder if Alexa will be intuitive enough, intuitive enough to tell you, guess what, Betty White died today, before you ask I, her. I, Alexa's kind of, Alexa freaks me out every once in a while. Well, why? <sighs> yeah, I mean, if Alexa's tied into the whole internet and and she died and it gets posted on the internet, I think that. Yeah, but I don't want her answering me unless unless I ask her questions because every once in a while she has just started talking. And it's like, oh, hi, you're not spying on us in any way, shape, or form, are you? <laughs> yeah, I thought the whole idea was, Alexa, you're supposed to ask it questions. Yes. Oh, yeah, but it listens It so listens far, constantly. She torpedo, she it's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous, I would think. But I was, just, I was just wondering, if you ask on such a frequent basis, would Alexa that, come up and say, maybe. guess what, Mike? Be, uh, but, you know, Betty White died today. Well, then, of course, I would go in the morning for about six weeks. Wouldn't we all? Uh, you know, I'm lighting a candle for Betty White, and since I'm going to London in July, I'm lighting a candle for, for Liz and Phil. As long as Liz and Phil, you know, because Liz is getting up there, too, and I don't want Liz, you know, I want her to live forever, or at least until after I have to finish my London vacation. Because I think if Liz had the discourtesy of leaving this mortal coil, I would think that most of the tourist attractions would be shut down. And then I would be stuck eating fish and chips and warm beer, and that just doesn't work for me. No, you must have your beer slightly chilled, am I right? Or... Well, yeah, but but I would also, you know, 
by the way, it's a complete non-starter in this house for me to go up to Scotland for a couple of couple of days to do a distillery tour. I don't know why. I would trust me at, at Scottish distilleries for a couple of days un, unsupervised. Oh, you should definitely go up to Scotland at a period if you have a chance to anyway. I mean, this is... Uh, you know, we, we don't have time. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to transition this back into movies. Okay. I, uh, Netflix has an original movie starring Chris Pine called Outlaw King about Robert the Bruce, the, the Scottish king, who was featured in, in Braveheart. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. I highly... It was really good. Um, kind of tells a different angle on the Braveheart story. You're talking about the, the Chris Pine movie, not, yeah, I've, I think we've all seen Braveheart, but, uh, actually, yeah. I Bra- no, you... this, this touches on, Robert DeBruce is a major character in Braveheart, and this touches on, it's after Braveheart, because, um, William Wallace does not appear in the movie at all, except as a severed head. Uh, once again, spoiler alert for a thousand-year-old historical event. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, it, it's a high-quality movie that would have, that if you got a theatrical release would have would have done some stuff. It was it was really well done, really well shot, really well acted, and, and a good story. Um, not not quite as good as Braveheart, which could be one of the top five movies ever made. Which um, apparently Matt has never seen. Matt, next time we do the show, I want a full review on Braveheart. Absolutely it's not. Three hours of sword fights and and beheading. It's awesome. And Mel Gibson when he was cool. <laughs> it's it is you know it's it's one of those things I always wanted to you know it was always on my list of things to do but every time it it happens to show up and I was like oh I could watch Braveheart today uh, I'll do something else and I don't know why it's just one of those it's things. a commitment but it's a good movie it's a good movie I'm sure it is and I'm sure at some point in time before I die I will get a chance to or I will fact, get the opportunity fact, I, I don't know what I'm going to watch wrestling tonight I'm going to go down and watch Braveheart for three hours Right. Hmm. Yeah. That might be a topic for a, when we do another one of these uh, TTL reunions is to maybe do a show about movie bucket lists, and you're going to have to put Braveheart on your that's bucket list. That's definitely going to be one of them. Yep. Actually, that's, we should do another one of these sooner than in three months because I'll have the time because I won't have a hand, uh, a recovering hand. Um, well, yeah, I was going to say, they're not chopping your hand off. You're, you're going to have your uh, thumb you know, fixed. I don't have to find a bunch of things that could go up to including that. I'm not sure, but. Movie bucket list. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, we can come up with the movies that we want us. No, well, I guess that we have to. We'll have to define what the bucket list is. Will it be, you know, you only have a week to live, and these are the last movies you're going to see, or will it just be movies that you've never, you keep putting off that you haven't seen that you definitely want to see before you? Frankly, if it was a week to live, I would watch the Star Wars Holiday Special on repeat. Oh, of course, right. You know, because you can't get Naturally. enough of B. Arthur. I mean. Oh. Right there. You know, you have that celebrity list with you with a significant other, and if it ever came through, you know, you you were able to have that one free pass. That's B. Arthur is fine. Okay. Just, <laughs> we're, we're, we're slowly veering into the content, views, and opinions expressed here. Bring me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. There you go. Thank you. Uh, wow. I'm afraid to ask if there's anything we haven't covered yet, because I think we we really have veered off into many directions here on getting. Uh, we officially got down, downhill so far. We might be coming up the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid. Like I said, I'm afraid to ask if any of if either of you have any closing thoughts here as we kind of try to bring, bring this in for a I landing. I'm breaking off a piece of that kit that far. I think I've exhausted everything I have. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to follow that up either. <laughs> okay. I just My I, goal I, is to make the two of you drive home just so disturbed you're shuddering the whole way. And I can't <laughs> see it. Yeah. 
it takes a heck of a lot more than that to disturb me. Mm. But either way. Actually, Matt's just going to be trying to stay awake because I'm, I'm guessing that that stuff he's been spraying on his throat's got some, uh, you know, some sedation yeah, we'll uh, effects to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not... Uh, well, well, and also, to be honest, I haven't had dinner yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm don't have any more thoughts other than I've got a cup, I've got a some leftover chili down there that's got my name on it. So, so what's nice. it like eating chili left-handed? I mean, this has got to be a different experience for you. I, right? I don't know. I have, I'll tell you once I do it. Oh, okay. I've a lot. I have also a finger, and I have a big brace on my thumb that I can use as a little table. <laughs> the funny thing is that as those doctors have been there, like, can you fill this form out? I'm like, I, are you guys kidding me? Can you see the giant thing on my right thumb that I can't even write? It's not legible. But, yeah, I'll fill you a form out, whatever. It'll be in Sanskrit, but there you go. You know, figure it out from there, Chief. Yeah, you know, I'm adapting. I made fudge the other day cooking. You know, it's just don't use your thumb. So, there you go. Hey, I got to ask really quick, uh, kind of unrelated, Mike, but what are your thoughts on the uh, the rebooted uh, episodes of uh, Good Eats? Uh, totally. Unrelated. We're talking TV I know, films. I, and... I want to see the new episodes. The rebooted ones are okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a rehash. I want to see the new ones he shoots because I think those will be good. Sure. Well, I think, yeah, because of the elements he's incorporating into these uh, re rebooted ones or, you know, that. I've can... watched a few of them and they're interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'd like to see the new, the totally new subject and see what he goes on on that. Sure. Um, okay. No, I, I've, I've generally liked them, so. I think there's another new one airing tonight, which is why I asked. Ah. But since it's opposite Mr. Cena and the other guys. and Oh, wait, wait a minute. Is my guy fighting? Uh, the one that I came up to Maine to see with you that time? Uh, what was his name there? Bobby? You know, we were chanting his name. Bobby was... Lashley. Yes, Bobby Lashley. The, the, no, right. he's the almighty Bobby Lashley. Now. You know, I read something oh. or I saw something with his name mentioned that I immediately thought of the match that we saw. Bobby, I, I... The almighty Bobby Lashley is now facing the... The Troubadour Elias, and they had a guitar on a pole match last night at TLC, where Elias won, but he got hit with a guitar. Uh, so yes, yes. Yeah, I saw these guys actually perform a couple months ago when I went up yeah, to visit Yeah, shows. we Todd came up, and I got I got him free tickets, and for, yeah. he came up to watch the WWE. He got to see. Um, I'm all part of the Bobby Lashley phenomenon now, and, oh, yeah. and the true uh, the singing uh, guy with the guitar there. Yeah, you did see Elias. I did see did Elias. Oh yeah, Elias. Oh, I saw him. Yeah. Didn't he uh, fight Bobby Lashley, or was that there was a, two different matches? Probably. See, they all run into one another. But. He fought Lashley. No, Lashley would have been. Um, God, I don't remember now who Lashley fought. He might have fought Elias. Mm. Um, I know Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler fought Dean Ambrose and. Oh yeah, the tag team match was actually kind of fun. That was entertaining. Yeah. Well, none of the, none of those guys are together anymore. Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, and actually, Todd, we went on a historic weekend. That was the that was the weekend where um, Roman Reigns didn't show up at any shows, and that was the, the Monday after that show was the one when he announced he had leukemia and was and was off was gone. Oh, that was, wow! That was the weekend. He was supposed to be actually in Boston the next night and didn't show up, and everyone was criticizing him. And then he showed up on Monday Night Raw, and actually, if you watch the backstage stuff, nobody knew what he was going to say until he walked out there. Only like two or three people knew, and then he said he had he had been fighting leukemia for twelve years and it was back. And he, you know, left. Um, and it, it's not wow. a storyline because... No, that's... Uh... Yeah, because he said, first of all, you know, he's, my real name is Joe, and look, and he's been gone ever since, so... Wow. Um, yeah, so now that we've, we've brought that down a notch, but um, Ronda Rousey, 
surprisingly good WWE wrestler. She found her niche, I guess, huh? Yeah, she was actually really good. And she was hitting people with chairs last night, so it was really good. Anyway, we've gone way downhill, and no one's listening anymore at this point. Or I'm just saying, get this guy from Maine off because he's, you know, just too good, and I can't listen. Well, to can him. you believe we've gone 90 minutes with this uh, podcast? And you don't, you know, people that are checking in don't have to listen to the whole 90 minutes, and probably <laughs> well, be... they should because everything I say is compelling. Probably will be uh, satisfied if people are listening to 90 seconds of this. <laughs> But uh, regardless, uh, Matt, do you have any other final thoughts here? Um, the, uh... No, I, I think I'm, I, the, like I said, the less talking I do, the, the less likely I am to start hacking up. Okay. So, yes. Just peace yeah. and goodwill in the new year. Yeah, and absolutely. Okay. And Merry Christmas. Merry New Year, everyone. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. There you go. I can't I can't top those sentiments. So I guess I'll just uh I will remind you all uh, don't forget you can uh, follow us on social media and when I say us I, I mean the TOSD podcast although Matt himself has a Twitter. You can follow him uh, at TTL Matt and then uh, time out for sports talk search for that on Facebook or you can follow uh, the show on Twitter which is at TOSTBMC. Mike is uh, still looking to get a Twitter handle. Uh, any any luck there Mike? But I'm on the book of faith. The what? The Book of Faith. I have my own Facebook account. Oh, okay. You so you can I'll find. Say, I even every once in a while say something profound. So you can find Mike on the Facebook then, okay, or the or the my Facebook. On the Facebook. Look look it up on the Google, and you'll <laughs> find me on the Facebook. Right, exactly. Just like Bill Belichick would say, right? You know. And occasionally, and occasionally will not be a picture of a glass of scotch. By the way, that was the other historic thing that happened on that weekend is that the Patriots actually were able to make a stop on the last play of the game and hang on for a win the weekend I was visiting Mike, unlike the weekend in Miami uh, last week. This is not kind of up a sports talk. It's not. It it obviously is not. They suck! (laughs) Yes. No, that that is going to wrap up this uh, TOST special edition of the uh, the Toddcast, the TTL reunion. I I do want to thank... uh, Mike and Matt once again for uh, for joining me here. So until next time, I guess I'll wrap this up by saying this is Todd Bloniars wishing you all happy holidays and uh, thank you once again for checking out another edition of the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.